Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bunker Daily, the lovingly nurtured sourdough starter of a podcast designed to improve your mood and raise your spirit. I'm Alex Andreu and I'm talking to you from the Bunker's state-of-the-art European Bureau headquarters, my mum's kitchen in Mykonos, Greece. There are worse places to be stranded. Joining us today via the magic of technology, no, she's not here in Greece, although both she and I wish she were here, is the woman to whom all of Britain turns when it needs to be comforted. She has been teaching me and millions of others how to eat for 22 years. It's Nigella Lawson. Hello, my darling woman. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? I'm all right. Where and how are you? I am well. I'm in my house in London. I'm in my in, in a room, a small room that doubles as my office and my yoga studio. <laughs> <laughs> and are you locked down alone or are the kids there? Yes, I mean, I am in, I can't bring myself to say self-isolation because we don't need to say that. I am in isolation. Um, so I'm by myself uh, and, I, and I'm not going out at all. Very good. Now, your new book, Cook, Eat, Repeat, uh, which focuses on the rhythms and rituals of the kitchen, is out in October, when supermarket shelves will hopefully be once again be groaning under the weight of ingredients. I know that you tend to go quite monastic anyway when you're finishing a book. And this year you have had the best excuse for telling people you can't go out. Um, I'm being facetious, <laughs> of course, but what has it been like being locked down at such a key point creatively, you know, being part of a nationwide quarantine instead of having to rely on self-discipline? Has it been helpful or not helpful? No, no, no. Do you know, I feel that um, so many people say, oh, you know, how, it must be really good for you to have this ex, you know, extra time to finish your book, to be forced like this. And actually, I feel that an existential I, I feel very much that an existential threat combined with a book deadline is actually not a particularly happy state. <laughs> um, but like everyone else, I feel my concentration um, is rather shot to pieces, so everything takes longer. And although writing is always a solitary pursuit and has to be, I think it's very important as well to have as many conversations as possible to foster your creativity and of course for someone like me not having lots of people to cook for is strange but it also makes me reflect on um, I suppose on why feeding people means a lot to me and also I 
I actually do enjoy cooking for myself as well. So um, it, it's it's interesting. Should we put it like that? Interesting yeah. is a is a word that we'll have to do until I think of a better one. I mean, especially for someone like you, you you're. I, I think it's fair to say you are a worrier at the best of times. I think um, it is fair to say that. <laughs> yes. How do you keep yourself from sort of, I don't know, spinning off your axis in such a frightening time? What are the routines, the bits of normality that you hold on to? Well, it's a strange one because my normal life is often, you know, when I'm fairly isolated and um, I'm incredibly fortunate um, in that I enjoy solitude. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's, that's particularly lucky in a time like this. But I, I think, I mean, I, I, I exercise every morning via <laughs> FaceTime. Um, and I, I think as much as possible. Do you still sort of set an alarm? Do you still, you know. I don't set an get... alarm. I go to bed early and I get up early. I'm not oh, right, a great right, sleeper. Right. So I'm up. You know, if I get up at 5.30, it's late for me at the moment, but then I'm going to bed very early. Um, I'm not a normal sleeper. It's not one of my gifts. But I, I it sounds incredibly, uh, I don't know if it sounds a bit too woo-woo, but I think that the only way of not letting anxiety b- run rampant is to try and do all those things that we're told always, uh, but I singularly fail to do, which is sort of be in the present, Mm. that not to get too um, caught up with worrying about what's going to happen. Now, of course, it's impossible um, not to worry. And on top of that, I am a, a bit of a news junkie. So all in all, I wouldn't say it's, it's possible to be in a Zen-like state of peace, but I very much try. <laughs> There's a lot of need at the moment, isn't there? I, yeah. I, have to, I have to sort of actively limit myself from not having the news on all the time, because otherwise I think I'd go crazy. Yeah, I think it's important, it's important to do that. I mean, I, I feel that also I'm on Twitter quite a bit because people often have queries about ingredients and I want to be as helpful as possible. On the other hand, I also feel I can't use everything as an excuse uh, not to be at my desk. So it, it's about having a bit of a balance. But but as I say, if I think about, if I start thinking how long will this go on for or what is going to happen and you know, <laughs> the various people that I, uh, the various people that I do worry about in these uh, conditions. And I think it, I try as much as possible just then to, to just to be in the room yeah. in yeah, a yeah, way yeah. and no. to do what I can. Uh, we're, we're old enough to, to remember you know, eating our first kiwi fruit or, um, you know, when my dad used to bring bananas from abroad once a year or, uh, you know, people in England had to go mm. to, to a chemist to get olive oil. But I for, remember going with my mother to a chemist just for that. But for yeah. many, many people, this is the first time they've experienced shortages in their local stores, you know. Are, are we finding out how spoiled we have become by the red, ready availability of anything at any time. Well, that's one way of looking at it. I also think that, in a way, it's, it's wonderful normally if you do, if you're lucky enough to have access to lots of ingredients. I mean, I'm always a bit wary of 
is this notion of shortages because uh, because I, I worry about saying shortages because then people stress more and panic buy more when, of course, there are interruptions. But yeah, yeah, yeah. the reality is, we the, you know, the food is there. Um, I think... Uh, I think that if you cook a lot, I think it's probably quite hard for people who don't cook a lot. I think if you cook a lot, it sounds so, it sounds an odd thing to say, but if you cook a lot, sometimes you feel that you're most free and you're most creative when you have a very few ingredients to play with rather than this notion of um, sort of infinite choice. Oh, so I for cook, I agree with that. It's a it's a good time, I think. Yeah. So so often you you start from what have I got, rather than yes. Yeah, yeah. So as you as you know, I've been putting out a few tips for being thrifty in the mm. kitchen um, during these difficult times. My my potato peel crisps have been a surprise smash hit. I don't know. Yes, and it's, it interests me because, of course, you bake, you bake yours and you roast yours in the oven, don't you? So I yeah. do, because I've, I you know, as you know, I'm a bit of a user up of everything. <laughs> and whenever I've made um, my potato peeling crisps, I'm afraid that I have deep fried them. Um, but I will, I am going to give it a go in the oven. Now, I, I know you were, you were hesitant to discuss um, thrift tips for fear of sounding a bit Marie Antoinette-ish. Um, exactly. But, but anyone who has seen you, as I have, steal a chicken bone from their plate so you can chew the gristle knows this to, to be a ridiculous <laughs> accusation. Um, I know you find great pleasure and comfort in efficiency, I, as do I, even when shelves are full. So Yes, I don't like waste at yeah, all. Why do you think people believe only lack can trigger prudence? Well, I think it really rather relates to what you said, uh, you know, a minute ago, is that a lot of people um, have been brought up in a in an era when it, the notion isn't really that when you cook, you should always think about what you can save. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm not talking about people who are on a limited budget. You know, of course, for those people, it's that is always the focus. It's, it's the reality. But generally. You know, but generally, yes, it, it has to be. But, you know, I suppose um, either I'm the age that my parents were children in the war and therefore waste was seen as, you know, the worst, the worst of sins. Yeah, yeah. My mother never wasted anything. Everything was ever always decanted in ever smaller bowls and saucers <laughs> and put in the fridge. I, I, and I have I, to say... My parents were exactly the same. I, I often will open the fridge and I will basically eat what will spoil rather than what I fancy because I have that... Yes, I, I have, yes. And I, head, you know? But I, I gain tremendous... Um, satisfaction from cooking with things which in many ways could be destined for the bin, you know, teeny scraps of this and that, <laughs> and then you make a meal out of them. And I like that. But I always feel that Anna Del Conte, who's a, a heroine of mine, once said about the Italians, about, and when it comes to uh, their attitude towards food, and she said that Italians are extravagant about food but never wasteful. And I thought, that's what I'm like. I mean, food is something that you know, I would always rather buy 
food than than clothes, say, and that doesn't interest me. I mean, my biggest expenditure is food, but I don't, but the idea of waste is abhorrent to me. Mm. I mean, sometimes it goes too far and I realise as I'm, you know, salvaging some stale bread by making bread about a pudding that, you know, then I'm using, you know, the electricity to, to <laughs> keep the oven going and I've got eggs and milk and I have to admit cream. And so that in a sense, there is an argument that my notion of not being wasteful is wasteful, but nevertheless, it still provides food. And, and I like that. And I like the cycle. I like the cycle of cooking that you start off with um, some fresh ingredients and you rummage about in cupboards for what you can cook with those fresh ingredients. And then you've also probably got a couple more meals for later on in the week. Mm. So when your kids are around, um, I know that your house turns into a sort of feeding station for for, (laughs) uh, (laughs) all their friends. Do you think millennials are less thrifty or is it just as old folk doing what old folk do you know and complaining about the youth really out of out of envy no i well i certainly think you learn thriftiness when you're a student Hmm. because you're i mean because you don't have a big budget and you have to make the food last. I mean, I always think of it in this way, and that's what I say to people, is that in cooking, there are basically two ingredients, time and money. And if you don't have a lot of money to spend on food, you have to spend a lot of time on it. Mm. Whereas, obviously, expensive ingredients don't really need much doing to them. Mm. But slow cooking is also a great pleasure. You know the, you know the, um, the lamb ribs you always ask me to make? Yes, 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 with the cubes. Well, I started cooking, I, yeah, yeah, I started cooking um, that, those which come from the breast of lamb when I was a student and a breast of lamb was 25p. I mean, I know I was a student <laughs> sometime in 1750, but um, nevertheless, and it's, and I don't know that I would have come across that cut or thought about cooking in that way. Um, and, and, uh, and, uh, and that's a, That's a good way to learn. I think it teaches you to cook. Okay, so what's your what's your top tip for cutting waste in the kitchen? My top tip for cutting waste in the kitchen, I think it's use the freezer quite a bit because often you yeah. don't want to have the same meal all the time, but you can store it. But it's, I mean, I don't have a huge freezer, um, so but I do store small bits of things. So if you've got, I mean, like rice, so if I've got a small amount of rice, and I mean a really small amount of rice, maybe even half a cup or a cup, um, as long as you let it get cool quickly, you know, so put it in a flat dish, to get cool and then yeah. I will put it in a freezer yeah. bag and just put it in the freezer and that's stir fried rice um, another day you know people mm. buy that microwave ready cooked rice and it's really you know if you just cook it and put it in the freezer you've got that I I think that I do what you do you know which is I think it's, I think it's from you I think it's from you I, I learned that um, I, I could freeze milk and eggs if yes. you separate the yolk from the, and grated cheese from the white. I didn't know that. You know, you can cook yes, grated cheese. cheese. I mean, you yes, can yes, yes. you can um, you, you can freeze cheese as it is, but it goes a bit crumbly. So, if you want to use cheese for cooking, even if you've just got you know uh, twenty five grams of cheese, 
That you can add to a sauce. And odds and ends. I love putting all the odds and ends of cheeses and, you know, and Parmesan rinds to flavour a soup or, you know, however you want to use it. And I, I suppose, mm. I think especially right now. So for me, it's interesting because um, I've never shopped for a household of one before. So it's, so I know, for example, milk, that the chances of getting through a litre of milk before it goes off a remote, although I did use some gone off milk to make bread the other day, but otherwise I, you know, I think if you freeze it in smaller portions, then at least you, you're mm. going to get through it more slowly and it makes more sense because apart from anything else right now, no one wants to go shopping more than they need to. So I think it's those obvious yeah. things. Well, that's absolutely the yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, to minimise your to minimize your trips to the... I mean, I always tell people the best way to cut waste is to basically regularly tidy up your fridge and your cupboards because unless you see the thing that is about to go off, you won't think to use it. No, I know, but you like doing that kind of thing. That's my idea of hell, having a tidy up. <laughs> oh, you like a good fridge forage. That's not true. Oh, I do that, yes, and you have to do that in the... You have to clean up the fridge, but what I try and do, can I say I'm... Um, I'm not entirely succeeding. I try and do um, what my great aunt always did, which is, you know, make a list of everything I put in the freezer. Because otherwise you go rummaging about like a crazy you woman trying to find what list. you need. I am less good. Uh, yes, I love a list. <laughs> I love a list. And then the crossing out also, also very, um, also very satisfying. I mean, I, like you, I do freeze peelings of vegetables to make stock or soup. But yeah, I yeah. sometimes have to stop my, stop myself. The other day, I've, I, and, and then I make stock and then I put it in it and then I think I, I, I'm not letting, you know, I'm, so you sort of have to give a timetable for when you're going to use it as well, I think. Yeah. And I, but I do think very small amounts of food can be used again, you know, profitably. So even if you've got one, you've, you know, one cooked stalk of broccoli left over, that's still going to be great. You know, if you're making yourself pasta, you know, if you just wanted to, you know, get a bit of an, you know, fry an anchovy, a bit of garlic, chop up the cooked broccoli, add that with some chili flakes and a bit of olive oil, and that's a mm. wonderful sort of that pasta. Whereas a lot of people would think like one, one stalk, one stalk of, you know, slightly droopy broccoli doesn't warrant being kept, but of course it does. Mm. Before I, before I came out here for my shift looking after mum, I, I, regularly took the mickey out of you when your alarm went off with your daily reminder to burp your fermenting chili sauce and and, yes. and, and yet here i am now <laughs> obsessed with my sourdough starter i'm basically on the schedule of a fungus um so do you, do you have a current food obsession do i have a current food obsession um well, only in that I, it's, it's the last bit of the early rhubarb. So I am actually, you know, cooking that nonstop, but then there's only a limit to how much I can eat. And although my, when I open my freezer, there's lots of nice pink packages. Um, I'm really just sort of using what I can. I suppose I'm, I'm trying as much as possible to sort of clear the decks, but I, um, someone who likes huge supplies but I, I i'm i'm trying to think if there's something 
really. Well, obviously, I'm making my kefir every day um, and then trying to find and uses for that, you know, which is a... <laughs> Which is which is good, but I like drinking it well enough. Uh, I don't I know like that I it. have got a particular obsession right now, um, mm. apart from the fact that I am putting brown butter on absolutely everything I eat. I, I have to say, I am always, always blown away by how um, ahead of the curve you are food-wise. And I'll tell you how I know because every time I look for a recipe of yours involving a particular ingredient, it's always two or three books before I, where <laughs> I expected it to be. So it, it, genuinely, <laughs> you, were, you were talking salted caramel and preserved lemons before most people had ever come across them. Um, how to Eat has recipes involving pomegranate seeds and quinoa. And, for heaven's sake, in and, 1998, and, and tahini, and tahini, yes. 1998, <laughs> quinoa. No one had ever heard of quinoa. What, what, do, what do you think? What do you think is the next big ingredient that that most Brits haven't heard? Do you know that's know. really hard because you never. It's so hard, Alex, because you never do it. You're you're not you're you're not doing it in a way to prophesy, or you're not doing it in. I, it's just ingredients. That I that I like and I like using and the, and the idea of which ingredients will become trendy. It's I mean it's us. I mean the yeah, funny it, thing as well in how to eat, which is as you say, nineteen ninety eight. I also said I also lamented how kale was unfashionable, I, I so I gave a recipe for kale chorizo <laughs> and a poached egg. <laughs> but I'll tell you what is not a new ingredient at all. I mean it's a very old ingredient. It's a Korean ingredient they've been using for a long time, and a lot of people use it here. But the in terms of making yourself something quick to eat, I have been using my goju jang, which is a red chili paste of such intensity and such complexity that I, I you don't really need to add anything else um, when you cook. You can use that and you can use it to, you can make, you can um, add it to mince. And that's really it. I mean, that will give all the flavor you need. And it's wonderful in a slow cooker, you know, that to cook that although in fact i'm very happy just leaving it on my stove i like to be able to see and smell what i what i cook so that's very useful and it's you know you get it online easily you're not going to get it unless you have a an asian or korean you know a korean store near you you won't get it but it's definitely online and it's, it comes in a really nice red plastic box and i've years ago something like 15 years ago um when i was going on tour in america for i for i think a around near Christmas time, I cleaned out my, you know, when I finished the box and I had some deer that I put on to Christmas cakes and mm. my Christmas Rocky Road and it was their tour bus. So I feel very affectionate about that. But, but the goju jang, the goju jang is absolutely wonderful. But as I say, um, it, it, you know, it's not a new ingredient, but you can't tell what's going to, what people are suddenly going to uh, rally around. And also condiments. I'm a condiment queen. And I know you're, uh, as I am, you're, you are also a condiment <laughs> queen. But, and I know you and I, when we eat that, we get to that, that Chinese uh, crispy chili in oil, which we eat jars full of. And that's also, again, I mean, that's... What, what, what's your lockdown recipe? What do you find yourself making quite a lot? Well, what I make quite a lot... You know, especially when I'm working in, is so I have, I, 
I have many anchovies and also many sardines in my in my uh, cupboards, and I have some uh, uh, some sardines which are slightly kept in a bit of lemon as well as oil, and whatever vegetable I've got. Um, so if it's broccoli, I'll uh, I boil it or steam it, same as you know kale. Or if I've yeah, got cauliflower, yeah. I might roast it in florets, and then I toss it through in the heat with lemon zest, lemon juice, some chili, and the sardines. And I might put some toasted nuts on top, so depending on what I feel like, toasted walnuts, toasted pine nuts, and that's incredibly quick. And actually, I find absolutely delicious. <laughs> that's what I've cooked the most. Mm, that does sound delicious. Mm. So um, w- one final question, mm-hmm. seeing as our conversations always leave me hungry. What's for lunch today? Well, actually, um, I've been feeling a bit tender in my tummy, no doubt, overdoing the brown butter and chocolate. So um, <laughs> I, I have, cooking slowly, um, some, some congee or something like congee, which is a kind of savoury rice porridge. So I, yesterday I got some uh, chicken stock out of the freezer and put a teeny bit of rice in it, and it's been cooking for you know about four hours, and the mm. the rice is completely broken down. And so I think I'll have that. I might grate a bit of um, ginger over it again, something that you can keep in the freezer. Grate some ginger and add some soy, and uh, maybe some chopped coriander stalks. Because in terms of waste, you know, the same thing is that you can use all parts of the herb. So really fine oh, chopped yes, coriander absolutely. stems are wonderful. So that's my lunch. Mm. <laughs> Delicious. Mm, I wish you, <laughs> I'm wish doing you the were snails. here. To have, I wish you were here to eat it with me. I'm, I'm cooking the snails that I foraged <gasps> wonderful. Um, about, about eight days ago, which I've been sort of cleansing and feeding on flour and then starving and now it's their time. They went in the freezer yesterday for their last sleep and today is their And with garlic, parsley um, and butter? No, no, we do, we do estifado, a little onion and tomato um, sauce. Mm, lovely. I, I fancy putting a teaspoon of goju jang in that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have a teaspoon of goju I know you don't. Send me some. I will send you some. <laughs> I... I want this conversation to go on forever, <laughs> but we both have books, books to finish, don't we? We so do. So thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. me. Much love to you. Much love, much you, love to our listeners. Remember, there's a new Bunker Daily every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings with a full-length weekly episode featuring the full panel every Wednesday morning. So don't forget to subscribe, review, and rate us on Apple Podcasts, and support us on Patreon if you can. And if you watched our Bunker vs. Romaniacs live stream last week, thank you so much for joining us. We were absolutely bowled over by the response. I am grateful to you for being such wonderful company and grateful to my friend Nigella for being even better company. We'll be back tomorrow. This is Alex from The Bunker saying over and out. The Bunker Daily was presented by Alex Andreev, produced by Andrew Harrison. The assistant producer was Jacob Archbold, and audio production was by me, Alex Reese. The Bunker Daily is a Podmasters production. <laughs>